We're continuing our reading of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, where we left off just recently, within memory. And here we are. Vishnu does not require anything to create. Vishnu does not require anything to create. He does not require the goddess Lakshmi in order to give birth to Brahma. For Brahma is born from a lotus flower that grows from the navel of Vishnu. The goddess of fortune sits at the feet of Vishnu and serves him. In this material world, sex is required to produce children, but in the spiritual world, a man can produce as many children as he likes without having to take help from his wife. So there is no sex there. Because we have no experience with spiritual energy, we think that Brahma's birth from the navel of Vishnu is simply a fictional story. We are not aware that spiritual energy is so powerful that it can do, that it can do anything and everything. Material energy is dependent on certain laws, but spiritual energy is fully independent. Countless universes reside like seeds within the skin pores of Mahavishnu, and when he exhales, they are all manifested. In the material world, we have no experience of such a thing, but we do experience a perverted reflection in the phenomenon of perspiration. We cannot imagine, however, the duration of one breath of Mahavishnu. For within one breath, all the universes are created and annihilated. This is stated in the Brahma Samhita. Lord Brahma lives only for the duration of one breath, and according to our time scale, four trillion three hundred and twenty million years four billion three hundred and twenty million years uh, constitute only 12 hours for brahma and brahma lives 100 of his years yet the whole life of brahma is contained within one breath of mahavishnu thus it is not possible for us to imagine the breathing power of mahavishnu who is but a partial manifestation of lord nityananda this the author of the Chaitanya Charitamrita explains in the ninth verse. In the tenth and eleventh verses, Krishna's Kaviraj describes Garbhadakshayi Vishnu and Shiradakshayi Vishnu, successive plenary expansions of Mahavishnu. Brahma appears upon a lotus growing from the navel of Garbhadakshayi Vishnu, and within the stem of that lotus are so many planetary systems. Then Brahma creates the whole of human society, animal society, everything. Shirdakshai Vishnu lies on the milk ocean within the universe of which he is the controller and maintainer. Thus Brahma is the creator, Vishnu is the maintainer, and when the time for annihilation arrives, Shiva will finish everything. In the first 11 verses of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami thus discusses Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Sri Krishna himself, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and Lord Nityananda as Balaram, the first expansion of Krishna. Then in the 12th and 13th verses, he describes Advaita Acharya, who is another principal associate of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's and an incarnation of Mahavishnu. Thus, Advaita Acharya is also the Lord, or more precisely, an expansion of the Lord. The word Advaita means non-dual. And his name is such because he is non-different from the Supreme Lord. He is also called Acharya, teacher, 
because he disseminated Krishna consciousness. In this way, he is just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Although Lord Chaitanya is Sri Krishna himself, he appeared as a devotee to teach people in general how to love Krishna. Similarly, although Advaita Acharya is the Lord, he appeared just to distribute the knowledge of Krishna consciousness. Thus, he is also the Lord incarnated as a devotee. In the pastimes of Lord Chaitanya, Krishna is manifested in five different features known as the Panchatattva, to whom Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj offers obeisances in the 14th verse of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Krishna and his associates appear as devotees of the Supreme Lord in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Sri Nityananda Prabhu, Sri Advaita Acharya, Sri Gadadha Prabhu, and Sri Vas Prabhu. In all cases, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the source of energy for all his devotees. Since this is the case, if we take shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for the successful execution of Krishna consciousness, we are sure to make progress. In a devotional song, Narantam Das Thakur sings, My dear Lord Chaitanya, please have mercy upon me. There is no one who is as merciful as you. My plea is most urgent because your mission is to deliver all fallen souls and no one is more fallen than I. Therefore, I beg priority. With verse 15, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami begins offering his obeisances directly to Krishna himself. Krishna's Kaviraj was an inhabitant of Vrindavan and a great devotee. He had been living with his family in Katwa, a small town in the district of Burdwan in Bengal. He worshipped Radha Krishna with his family. And once, when there was some misunderstanding among his family members about devotional service, he was advised by Nityananda Prabhu in a dream to leave home and go to Vrindavan. Although he was very old, he started out that very night and went to live in Vrindavan. While he was there, he met some of the Goswamis, principal disciples of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was requested to write the Chaitanya Charitamrita by the devotees of Vrindavan. Although he began this work at a very old age, by the grace of Lord Chaitanya, he finished it. Today it remains the most authoritative book on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's philosophy and life. The most authoritative book. When Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami was living in Vrindavan, there were not very many temples. At that time, the three principal temples were those of Madan Mohan, Govindaji, and Gopinath. As a resident in Vrindavan, Krishnadas Kaviraj offers his respects to the deities in these temples and request God's favor. My progress in spiritual life is very slow, so I'm asking your help. In the 15th verse of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishnadas offers obeisances to the Madan Mohan Vigraha, the deity who can help us progress in Krishna consciousness. In the execution of Krishna consciousness, our first business is to know Krishna and our relationship with him. To know Krishna is to know oneself, and to know oneself is to know one's relationship with Krishna. Since this relationship can be learned by worshipping the Madan Mohan Vigraha, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami first establishes his relationship with him. When this is established in the 16th verse, Krishna's offers obeisances to the functional deity Govinda. The Govinda deity is called the functional deity because he shows us how to serve Radha and Krishna. 
The Madan Mohan deity simply establishes that I am your eternal servant. With Govinda, however, there is actual acceptance of service. Govinda resides eternally in Vrindavan. In the spiritual world of Vrindavan, the buildings are made of touchstone. The cows are known as Surabhi cows, givers of abundant milk, and the trees are known as wish-fulfilling trees, for they yield whatever one desires. In Vrindavan, Krishna herds the Surabhi cows, and he is worshipped by hundreds and thousands of gopis, cowherd girls, who are all goddesses of fortune. When Krishna descends to the material world, this same Vrindavan descends with him, just as an entourage accompanied, accompanies an important personage. personage. Because when Krishna comes, his land also comes. Vrindavan is considered to exist beyond the material world. Therefore, devotees take shelter of, of the Vrindavan in India, for it is considered to be a replica of the original Vrindavan. Although one may complain that no Kalpavriksha wish-fulfilling trees exist there, when the Goswamis were there, Kalpavriksha were present. It is not that one can simply go to such a tree and make demands. One must first become a devotee. The Goswamis would live under a tree for one night only, and the trees would satisfy all their desires. For the common man, this may all seem very wonderful, but as one makes progress in spirit and devotional service, all this can be realized. Vrindavan is actually experienced as it is by persons who have stopped trying to derive pleasure from material enjoyment. When will my mind become cleansed of all hankering for material enjoyment so I will be able to see Vrindavan? One great devotee asks. The more Krishna conscious we become and the more we advance, the more everything is revealed as spiritual. Thus, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami considered the Vrindavan in India to be as good as the Vrindavan in the spiritual sky. And in the 16th verse of the Chaitanya Charamita, he describes Radharani and Krishna as seated beneath a wish-fulfilling tree in Vrindavan on a throne decorated with valuable jewels. There, Krishna's dear gopi friends serve Radha and Krishna by singing, dancing, offering betel nuts and refreshments, and decorating their lordships with flowers. Even today in India, people decorate swinging thrones and cre recreate this scene during the month of July-August. Generally, at that time, people go to Vrindavan to offer their respects to the deities there. Finally, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami offers his, his blessings to his readers in the name of the Gopinath deity, who is Krishna as master and proprietor of the gopis. When Krishna played upon his flute, all the gopis, the cowboy girls, were attracted by the sound and left their household duties. And when they came to him, he danced with them. These activities are all described in the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. These gopis were childhood friends of Krishna and many were married. For in India, the girls are generally married by the age of 12. The boys, however, are not married before 18. So Krishna, who was 15 or 16 at the time, was not married. Nonetheless, he called these girls from their homes and invited them to dance with him. That dance is called the Rasa Lila dance, and it is the most elevated of all the Vrindavan pastimes. Krishna is therefore called Gopinath, because he is the beloved master of the gopis. 
Krishna's Kaviraj, Goswami petitions the blessings of Lord Gopinath. May that Gopinath, the master of the gopis, Krishna, bless you. May you become blessed by Gopinath. The author of the Chaitanya Charitamrita prays that just as Krishna attracted the gopis by the sweet sound of his flute, he will also attract the reader's mind by that transcendental vibration. And that brings us to text number one. Dynamiche Namirate Chapter 1 The Spiritual Masters Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is none other than the combined form of Sri Radha and Krishna. He is a life of those devotees who strictly follow in the footsteps of Sri Srila Rupa Goswami. Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Sanatan Goswami are the two principal followers of Srila Sarup Damanar Goswami, who acted as the most confidential servitor of Lord Sri. Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, known as Vishrambhara, in his early life. A direct disciple of Srila Rupa Goswami was Srila Raghunath Das Goswami. The author of Sri Chaitanya Charamita, Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, stands as the direct disciple of Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Raghunath Das Goswami. The direct disciple of Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami was Srila Narutam Das Thakur, who accepted Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti as his servitor. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur accepted Srila Jagannath Das Babaji, the spiritual master of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who in turn accepted Srila Gorkishore Das Babaji, the spiritual master of Om Vishnupad, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, the divine master of our humble self. Since we belong to this chain of disciplic succession from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this edition of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita will contain nothing newly manufactured by our tiny brains, but only remnants of food originally eaten by the Lord himself. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does not belong to the mundane plane of the three qualitative modes. He belongs to the transcendental plane beyond the reach of the imperfect sense perception of a living being. Even the most erudite mundane scholar can approach the transcendental plane unless he submits himself. Even the most erudite mundane scholar cannot approach the transcendental plane unless he submits himself to transcendental sound with a receptive mood. For in that mood only can one realize the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What will be described herein, therefore, has nothing to do with the experimental thoughts created by the speculative, hab speculative habits of inert minds. The subject matter of this book is not a mental concoction, but a factual spiritual experience that one can realize only by accepting the line of disciplic succession described above. 
Any deviation from that line will bewilder the reader's understanding of the mystery of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is a transcendental literature meant for the postgraduate study of one who has realized all the Vedic literature, such as the Upanishads and Vedanta Sutra, and their natural commentaries, such as Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita. This edition of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is presented for the study of sincere scholars who are really seeking the absolute truth. It is not the arrogant scholarship of a mundane speculator, but a sincere effort to serve the order of a superior authority whose service is the life and soul of this humble effort. It does not deviate even slightly from the revealed scriptures, and therefore anyone who follows in the disciplic line will be able to realize the essence of this book simply by the method of oral reception. The first chapter of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita begins with 14 Sanskrit verses that describe the absolute truth. Then the next three Sanskrit verses describe the principal deities of Vrindavan, namely Sri Radha Madan Mohan, Sri Radha Govindadev, and Sri Radha Gopinachi. The first of the 14 verses is a, is a symbolic representation of the supreme truth, and the entire first chapter is actually devoted to this single verse which describes Lord Chaitanya in his six different transcendental expansions. The first manifestation described is the spiritual master who appears in two plenary parts called the initiating spiritual master and instructing spiritual master. They are identical because both of them are phenomenal manifestations of the supreme truth. Next described are the devotees who are divided into two classes, namely the apprentices and the graduates. Next are the incarnations of Ataras of the Lord, who are explained to be non-different from the Lord. These incarnations are considered in three divisions, incarnations of the potency of the Lord, incarnations of his qualities, and incarnations of his authority. In this connection, Lord Sri Krishna's direct manifestations and his manifestations for transcendental pastimes are discussed. Next considered are the potencies of the Lord, of which three principal manifestations are described. The consorts in the kingdom of God, Vaikuntha, the queens of Dwarkadam, and highest of all, the damsels of Rajabhumi. Finally, there is the Supreme Lord himself, who is the fountainhead of all these manifestations. Lord Sri Krishna and his plenary expansions are all in the category of the Lord himself, the energetic absolute truth, whereas his devotees, his eternal associates, are his energies. The energy and the energetic are fundamentally one, but since their functions are differently exhibited, they are simultaneously different also. Thus, the absolute truth is manifested in diversity in one unit. This philosophical truth, which is pursuant to the Vedanta Sutra, is called Achinta Veda Veda Tattva, or the conception of simultaneous oneness and difference. In the latter portion of this chapter, the transcendental position of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and that of Srila Nityananda Prabhu are described with reference to the above theistic facts. Theistic facts. Now that's what you're looking for. And here they are emanating from the spiritual world, the sound vibration coming from a region beyond this dark material world. Vande Guru and Isha Bhakti. Tan Isha Mishavatara Khan 
prakasham statach chakti krishna chaitanya samyakam vande i offer respectful obeisances gurun unto the spiritual masters isha bhaktan unto the devotees of the supreme lord isham unto the supreme lord isha avatarakan unto the incarnations of the supreme lord tat of the supreme lord prakashan unto the manifestations cha and tat of the supreme lord shakti unto the potencies krishna chaitanya shri krishna chaitanya samyakam named translation i offer my respectful obeisances under the spiritual masters the devotees of the lord the lord's incarnations his plenary portions his energies and the primeval lord himself shri krishna chaitanya Bande Kri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gododai Pushpavantau Chitrao Shandau Tamonudau. I offer my respectful obeisances unto Sri Krishna Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, who are like the sun and moon. They have arisen simultaneously on the horizon of Godha to dissipate the darkness of ignorance and thus wonderfully bestow benediction upon all. Yada dvetam brahmopanishadi tadapyasya tenubha ya atmantaryami purusheti so sham shavibhavaha shad aishvar yai purno ya iha bhagavansa swayamayam the chaitanya krishna jagati padatatvam paramiha What the Upanishads describe as the impersonal Brahman is but the effulgence of his body and the Lord, known as the Super Soul, is but his localized plenary portion. Lord Chaitanya is the Supreme Personality of God, and Krishna himself, full with six opulences. He is the absolute truth, and no other truth is greater than or equal to him. Anarpata charin chirat karunayavatirna kalau samarpayitamunatu jvalarasam supakti shriyam Hari Purata Sundara Dyuti Kadamba Sandi Pitaha Sadharadaya Kandare Spurutu Vashachinandana May the Supreme Lord, who is known as the son of Srimati Sachi Devi, be transcendentally situated in the innermost chambers of your heart. Resplendent with the radiance of molten gold, he has appeared in the age of Kali by his causeless mercy to bestow what no incarnation has ever offered before the most sublime and radiant mellow of devotional service, the mellow of conjugal love. Radha Krishna Pranaya Vikratir Ladini Shakti Rasman Ikatmarav Apibuvi Puradiha Bedham Gatau Tau Chaitanya Kyam Prakatamaduna Tadvayam Chaikyamaptam Radha Bhava Duti Subalitam Naomi Krishna Swarupam. The loving affairs of Sri Radha and Krishna are transcendental manifestations of the Lord's internal pleasure giving potency. Although Radha and Krishna are one in their identity, previously they separated themselves. Now these two transcendental identities have again united in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. I bow down to him who has manifested himself for the sentiment and complexion of Sri Mati Radharani although he is Krishna himself. 
Shri Radhaya Pranaya Mahima Kidrishovanayaiva Swadyo Yena Bhuta Madurima Kidrishova Madhya Saukyam Chasya Mad Anubhavata Kidrisham Veti Lobhat Tad Bhavadhyasamajani Shachi Garba Sindhau Harindu Designed to understand the glory of Radharani's love, the wonderful qualities in him that she alone relishes through her love, and the happiness she feels when she realizes the sweetness of his love, the Supreme Lord Hari, richly endowed with her emotions, appeared from the womb of Srimati Shachi Devi as the moon appeared from the ocean. Sankarshana karana to shayi karabhoda shayi chapayogdi shayi sheshasya yasyam shakalasa nitya nandhakyarama sharadam mamastu May Sri Nityananda Ram be the object of my constant remembrance. Sankarsana, Sheshanaga, and the Vishnus who lie on the Karana Ocean, Garbha Ocean, and Ocean of Milk are his plenary portions and the portions of his plenary portions. Maya Tite Vyapi Vaikunta Loke, Punaishvarye Sri Chaturvyuhamadhye, Rupam Yesyo Bhati Sankarsanakyam, I surrender unto the lotus feet of Sri Nityananda Ram, who is known as Sankarsana, in the midst of the Chaturvyuha, consisting of Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyumna, Ananiruddha. He possesses full opulences and resides in Vaikuntha Loka, far beyond the material creation. Maya Bharta Janda Sangashra Yanga Shete Sakshat Karanam Bodhi Madhye Yasyai Kamsha Shi Puman Adi Devas Tamshi Nityananda Ramam Prapadye I offer my full obeisances unto the feet of Sri Nityananda Ram, whose partial representation called Karnadakshai Vishnu, lying on the Karna Ocean, is the original Purusha, the master of the illusory energy and the shelter of all the universes. Yasyam Shamsha Srila Garbho Dashayi Yanabyabjam Loka Sankata Nalam Loka Shastu Sutikadama Tatus Tamshi Nityananda Ramam Prapadye I offer my full obeisances under the feet of Sri Nityananda Ram, a partial part of whom is Garbhadakshai Vishnu. From the navel of Garbhadakshai Vishnu sprouts the lotus that is the birthplace of Brahma, the engineer of the universe. The stem of that lotus is the resting place of the multitude of planets. Yasyam sham sham sha paratma kilanam poshta vishnur pati dhugdabdi shayi shauni bharata yatkala sopyanantas tamshi nityananda ramam prapadye I offer my respectful obeisances unto the feet of Sri Nityananda Ram whose secondary part is the Vishnu lying in the ocean of milk. That Shirdakshai Vishnu is the super soul of all living entities and the maintainer of all the universes. Sheshanaga is his further subpart. Mahavishnu Jagat Karta Maya Yasrajat Yada Tasyavatara Evayam Advaita Charya Ishvara. Lord Advaita Charya is the incarnation of Mahavishnu, whose main function is to create the cosmic world the actions of Maya. Advaitam Harina Dvaitat Acharyam Bhakti Shamshanat 
Bhaktavataramisham tam advaita charyam ashraye. Because he is non different from Hari, the Supreme Lord, he is called Advaita. And because he propagates the cult of devotion, he is called Acharya. He is the Lord in the incarnation of the Lord's devotee. I therefore take shelter of him. Panchatatvatmakam Krishnam Bhaktarupa Surupakam Bhaktavataram Bhaktakyam Namami Bhaktashaktikam. I offer my obeisances unto the Supreme Lord Krishna, who is non-different from his features as a devotee, devotional incarnation, devotional manifestation, pure devotee, and devotional energy. Chayatam suratau pangor mamamanda matiragati matsaravaswa padambu jau radha madanamohanau. Glory to the all-merciful Radha and Madan Mohan. I am lame and ill-advised, yet they are my directors, and their lotus feet are everything to me. Divya Vrindaranya Kalpadrumada, Srimad Ratnagara Singhasana Stau, Srimad Radha Srila Govinda Devau, Prishtalibi Sevyamano Smarami. In a temple of jewels in Vrindavan, underneath a desire tree, Sri Sri Radha Govinda served by their most confidential associates, sit upon an effulgent throne. I offer my humble obeisances unto them. Sriman Rasarasadam Vivam Shivatatastita Karshan Venus Venir Gopir Gopi Natha Shriestunaha Shri Srila Gopinath, who originated the transcendental mellow of the Rasa dance, stands on the shore of Vamshivata and attracts the attention of the cowherd damsels with the sound of his celebrated flute. May they all confer upon us their benediction. Jai Jai Shri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Dvaita Chandra Jai Gaurabhakta Brinda Glories to Sri Chaitanya and Nityananda Glory to Advaita Chandra and Glory to all the devotees of Sri Gora, Lord Chaitanya. Eighteen Takur Goriake Kariachina Atmasat, eighteen Erecharan Vandontine Muranat. These three deities of Vrindavan, Madan Mohan, Govinda, and Gopinath, have absorbed the heart and soul of the Godi of Vaishnavas, followers of Lord Chaitanya. I worship their lotus feet, for they are the lords of my heart. Purport. The author of Sri Chaitanya Charnamrita offers his respectful obeisances under the three deities of Vrindavan, named Sri Radha Madan Mohan, Sri Radha Govindadev, and Sri Radha Gopinachi. These three deities are the life and soul of the Bengali Vaishnavas, or Gaudiya Vaishnavas, who have a natural aptitude for residing in Vrindavan. The Gaudiya Vaishnavas, who follow strictly in the line of Sri Chaitanya, Mahaprabhu worshiped the divinity by chanting transcendental sounds meant to develop a sense of one's transcendental relationship with the Supreme Lord, a reciprocation of mellows, rasas, of mutual affection, and ultimately the achievement of the desired success in loving service. These three deities are worshiped in three different stages of one's development. The followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu scrupulously follow these principles of approach. Gaudiya Vaishnavas perceive the ultimate objective in Vedic hymns composed of 18 transcendental letters that adore Krishna's Maran Mohan Govinda and Gopi Janabalava. 
Manan Mohan is he who charms Cupid, the god of love. Govinda is he who pleases the senses and the cows. And Gopi Janabalava is the transcendental lover of the gopis. Krishna himself is called Madan Mohan, Govinda, Gopi Janabalava, and countless other names as he plays in his different pastimes with his devotees. The three deities, Madan Mohan, Govinda, and Gopi Janabalava, have very specific qualities. Worship of Madan Mohan is on the platform of reestablishing our forgotten relationship with the personality of Godhead. In the material world, we are presently in utter ignorance of our eternal relationship with the Supreme Lord. Pango refers to one who cannot move independently by his own strength. And Mandamate is one who is less intelligent because, because he is too absorbed in materialistic activities. It is best for such persons not to aspire for success in fruit of activities or mental speculation, but instead simply to surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The perfection of life is simply to surrender to the Supreme. In the beginning of our spiritual life, we must therefore worship Madan Mohan so that he may attract us and nullify our attachment for material sense gratification. This relationship with Madan Mohan is necessary for neophyte devotees. When one wishes to render service to the Lord with strong attachment, one worships Govinda on the platform of transcendental service. Govinda is the reservoir of all pleasures. When by the grace of Krishna and the devotees, one reaches perfection in devotional service, he can appreciate Krishna as Gopi Janabalaba, the pleasure deity of the damsels of Raja. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained this mode of transcendental service in three stages, and therefore these three worshipable deities were installed in Vrindavan by different Goswamis. They are very dear to the Gaudiya Vaishnavas there who worship the temples at least, who visit the temples at least once a day. Besides the temples of these three deities, many other temples have been established in Vrindavan, such as the temple of Radha Damodar, of Jiva Goswami, the temple of Shamasundar, of Shamananda Goswami, the temple of Gokulananda, of Lokanath Goswami, and the temple of Radha Raman, of Gopal Bhatta Goswami. There are seven principal temples over 400 years old that are the most important of the 5,000 temples now existing in Vrindavan. Godia indicates the part of India between the southern side of the Himalaya mountains and the northern part of the Vindhya hills, which is called Aryavarta, or the land of the Aryans. This portion of India is divided into five parts or provinces, Panchagodadesh. Sarasvata, Kashmir and Punjab, Kanyakubja, Uttar Pradesh, including the modern city of Lucknow, Madhya Goda, Madhya Pradesh, Maitila, Bihar, and part of Bengal, and Utkal, part of Bengal and the whole of Orissa. Bengal is sometimes called Godadesh, partly because it forms a portion of Matila and partly because the capital of the Hindu king Raj Lakshman Sain was known as Goda. This old capital later came to be known as Godapur and gradually Mayapur. The devotees of Orissa are called Udiyas. The devotees of Bengal are called Godias. And the devotees of Southern India are, called, are known as Dravida devotees. As there are five provinces, provinces in Aryavarta, so 
Dakshinatya, southern India, is also divided into five provinces, which are called Panchadavida. The four Vaishnavacharyas, who are the great authorities of the four Vaishnava disciplic sessions, as well as Sri Pachankaracharya of the Mayavad school, appeared in the Panchadravida provinces. Among the four Vaishnavacharyas, who are all accepted by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Sri Ramanuja Acharya appeared in the southern part of Andhra Pradesh at Mahabhutapura. Sri Madhvacharya appeared at Pajakam near Vinan. Vinannagiri in the district of Mangalore. Sri Vishnu Swami appeared at Pandya and Sri Nimbarka appeared at Mungeri Patana, the extreme south. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted the chain of disciplic succession from Madhvacharya, but the Vaishnavas in his line do not accept the Tattvavadis, who also claim to belong to the Madhva Sampradaya. To distinguish themselves clearly from the Tattvavadi branch of Madhva's descendants, the Vaishnavas of Bengal prefer to call themselves Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Sri Madhva Acharya is also known as Sri Goda Purnananda, and therefore the name Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya is quite suitable for the disciplic succession of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Our spiritual master, Om Vishnupad Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, accepted initiation in the Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Grantera Arambhe Kari Mangalacharana Guru Vaishnava Bhagavan Tinera Smaran. In the beginning of this narration, simply by remembering the spiritual master, the devotees of the Lord, and the personality of Godhead, I have invoked their benediction. Tinera Smaran Ehoi Vigna Vinashana. Anayasi hoya nija vanchita purna. Vanchita purna. Such remembrance destroys all difficulties and very easily enables one to fully fulfill his own desires. She mangalacharna hoy shri vida prakar vastu nirdesh ashivad namaskar. The invocation involves three processes defining the objective, offering benedictions, and offering obeisances. Pratama dui shloke ishta deva namaskar samanya vishesha rupe dui ta prakar The first two verses offer respectful obeisances, generally and specifically to the Lord, who is the object of worship. Tritya shloke te kari Vastura Nirdesh, Jaha Hoite Jani Para Tatvera Udesh. In the third verse, I indicate the Absolute Truth, who is the ultimate substance. With such a description, one can visualize the Supreme Truth. Chaturta Shloke Tekari Jagata Ashirvad, Sarvatra Magye Krishna Chaitanya Prasad. In the fourth verse, I have invoked the benediction of the Lord upon all the world, praying to Lord Chaitanya for his mercy upon all. She shloke kahi paya vartar karna pancha shastra shloke kahi mulya prayojan. In that verse, I have also explained the external reason for Lord Chaitanya's incarnation 
But in the fifth and sixth verses, I have explained the prime reason for his advent. In these six verses, I have described the truth about Lord Chaitanya, whereas in the next five, I have described the glory of Lord Nityananda. The next two verses describe the truth of Advaita Prabhu, and the following verse describes the Panchatapa, the Lord, his plenary portion, his incarnation, his energies, and his devotees. E chauda shloke kare mangala charana tahi madhe kahi shab bastu nirupana. These 14 verses, therefore, offer auspicious invocations and describe the supreme truth. As it's very important to learn those 14 verses cold. And uh, then it gives you a basis for understanding and relating to the rest of the book and describing it to others. Shabashota Vaishnavere Kari Namaskar E Shab Shlokera Kari Arto Vichar. I offer my obeisances unto all my Vaishnav readers as I began as I begin to explain the intricacies of all these verses. So you see these 14 verses and now the Chaitanya Charamrita is an explanation of them. Shakala Vaishnav Shunakari Ekman. Akman. Sorry about that. Chaitanya Krishna Shastra Mata Nirupan. I offer my I offer all my Vaishnava readers, I request all my Vaishnava readers to read and hear with rapt attention this narration of Sri Krishna Chaitanya as inculcated in the revealed scriptures, purport. Lord Chaitanya is the absolute truth, Krishna himself. This is substantiated by evidence from the authentic scriptural, spiritual scriptures. Sometimes people accept a man as God on the basis of their whimsical sentiments and without reference to the revealed scriptures. But the author of Chaitanya Charitamrita proves all his statements by citing the Shastras. Thus he establishes that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna Guru Bhakta Shakti Avatar Prakash Krishna Echai Rupe Karena Bilas Krishna, Lord Krishna enjoys by manifesting himself as the spiritual masters, the devotees, the diverse energies, the incarnations, and the plenary portions. They are all six in one. Echai tapterat kari charana vandon, pratame samanye kari mangala charana. I therefore worship the lotus feet of these six diversities of the one truth by invoking their benedictions. Vande Gurun Isha Bhaktan Isham Ishabatarakan Taprakasham Statach Shakti Krishna Chaitanya Samjakam. Does that verse sound familiar? Yeah, you've heard it a bunch of times already. <laughs> Even till we got to here. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the spiritual masters, the devotees of the Lord, the Lord's incarnations, his plenary portions, his energies, and the primeval Lord himself, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. 
purport, Kirshidas Kaviraj Goswami has composed this Sanskrit verse for the beginning of his book, and now he will explain it in detail. He offers this respectful obeisances to the six principles of the absolute truth. Gurun is plural in number because anyone who gives spiritual instructions based on the revealed scriptures is accepted as a spiritual master. Although others give help in showing the way to beginners, the guru who first initiates one with the maha mantra is to be known as the initiator and the saints who give instructions for progressive advancement in krishna consciousness are called instructing spiritual masters the initiating and instructing spiritual masters are equal and identical manifestations of krishna although they have different dealings their function is to guide the conditioned souls back home back to godhead Therefore, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami accepted Nityananda Prabhu and the six Goswamis in the category of Guru. Ishabhaktan refers to the devotees of the Lord like Sri Shivas and all other such followers who are the energy of the Lord and are qualitatively non-different from him. Ishavatarakan refers to Acharyas like Advaita Prabhu, who is an avatar of the Lord. Taprakashan indicates the direct manifestation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Nityananda Prabhu, and the initiating spiritual master. Touch Chakti refers to the spiritual energies, Shaktis, of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Gadadhar, Damodara, and Jagannanda belong to this category of internal energy. The six principles are differently manifested, but all equally worshipable. Krishna's Kaviraj begins by offering his obeisances unto them to teach us the method of worshiping Lord Chaitanya. The external potency of Godhead called Maya can never associate with the Lord, just as darkness cannot remain in the presence of light. Yet darkness being an illusory and temporary covering of light has no existence independent of light. And now we'll see if there's any uh, questions that will illuminate or expand the um, the material that we just read. And I see some already that are coming in. Here's Namrata. She said, how do we understand the mood of a devotee who feels, I have not gotten enough mercy, I want more, in contrast to a devotee's natural gratitude for the mercy they have received? Thank you very much. Well, um, this is a... Um, <clears throat> Described in the uh, Bhagavatam, Bhakti Parishanu Bhavu Viraktir Anyata Traisha Trika Ekakala Prapadya Manasya Yatashnata Tushti Pushti Shuddha Payonu Gasam. And in, that, in this verse, um, it, it is described by Kavi Havi Yogendra that uh, there's a that, uh, <clears throat> devotional service he compares to eating food. So you have to be hungry to eat. And when you eat, your hunger is satisfied. <laughs> uh, and your, your hunger goes away, and you also feel nourished. And in the, in the uh, commentaries ex explained by our Acharyas, particularly uh, Jiva Goswami says that this uh, idea that you get full from eating food doesn't quite uh, match the process of devotional service because even as you're uh, getting full and feeling satisfied and nourished, uh, you want more. And this is uh, the most important um, feeling, which 
which is that uh, I'm greedy. I've not gotten enough mercy. I want more. And uh, these happen sim simultaneously. There's gratitude for the mercy that, that we receive, but at the same time, one realizes that um, one, uh, one realizes one's insignificance and also re realizes how great the Lord's mercy is. So the devotee wants more at the same time. Uh, Mayank said, we, we read, material energy is dependent on certain laws, but spiritual energy is fully independent. Why is it so? Because Krishna is unlimited and his Swarup Shakti, which means Swarup means his, his personality, his person and his Shakti, his internal potency is just like him. Just as he is unlimited, so the whole spiritual world unlimited. Parastasmatu bhavo nyo vyakto vyaktat sanatana. Yaktak sarveshu bhuteshu nashyatsu navinashyati. You know, we can't imagine a world, um, well, we couldn't imagine it. I mean, people do it in movies and things like that all the time. Imagine places that have, there's no rules. You can fly, you can do whatever you want. Anything you wish comes out. But we're used to everything falling apart here because it's constantly being destroyed. But Krishna says there's another world that's never destroyed. It's his internal energy. And in um, performing devotional service, we come in contact with that energy and we feel gratitude for it, but we want more and more. Worship, uh, Alex says, worship the divinity by chanting the transcendental sound. Yes, it's such a beautiful point. The transcendental sound is emanating from a realm beyond this material world. And the process of devotional service is uh, wholly dependent on one's submissively hearing that sound vibration. And even if one can't understand it at first, if one goes on hearing it, one will become naturally um, elevated. If you would go to uh, Bhagavad Gita 9.2, Raja Vidya Raja Kuhyam Pavitram Idamutamam Pratyakshavagamam Dharmyam Susukam Kartamavyam. So there. Srila Prabhupada says in his purport. Keep going. Oh, is this Raja Vidya? Yes, keep going. Puristam. Pavitram, Prakjakshav, keep going. Jishtilepan. Sorry, it's easier for me to find it. Holding the book in my hand. So here, um, Srila Prabhupada uh, speaks in his purport about pratyakshavagamam dharmyam. As Krishna says in this verse, yes. Rajavidjurajaguyam, Pavitram idamutamam, 
Oh yeah, here. Okay, so in the uh, in the Vedanta Sutra, in the Vedanta Sutra three two twenty six, this is also described in the following words: Prakashascha karman yabhyasa. Devotional service is so potent that simply by engaging in the activities of devotional service one becomes enlightened without a doubt. A practical example of this can be seen in the previous life of Narada, who in that life happened to be the son of a maidservant. He had no education, nor was he born into a high family, but when his mother was engaged in serving great devotees, Narada also became engaged, and sometimes in the absence of his mother, he would serve the great devotees himself. Narada personally says, In this verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1.5.25, Narada describes his previous life to his disciple, Vyasadeva. He says that while engaged as a boy servant for those purified devotees during the four months of their stay, he was intimately associating with them. Sometimes those sages left remnants of food on their dishes and the boy who would wash their dishes wanted to taste the remnants. So he asked the great devotees for their permission. And when they gave it, Narada ate those remnants and consequently became free from all sinful reactions. As he went on eating, he gradually became as pure hearted as the sages. The great devotees relished the taste of the great devotees relished the taste of unceasing devotional service to the Lord by hearing and chanting and Narada gradually developed the same taste too. Narada says further, Tatran baham krishya kata pragayatam anugrahina shravanam manur hara tashradhayame nupadam vashrinvata priyashavasyanga mahadbhavadvji By associating with the sages, Narada got the taste for hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord, and he developed a great desire for devotional service. Therefore, as described in the Vedanta Sutra, prakashascha karman yabhyasat. If one is engaged simply in the acts of devotional service, everything is revealed to him automatically and he can understand. This is called pratyaksha, directly perceived. So it's, it's not just some intellectual feat, but actually those who are engaged in submissive hearing and associating with advanced devotees will come to know um, directly by the mercy of the Lord, by the mercy of that sound vibration. And Madhava Prema Prabhu said, what is the difference between Narayan Vishnu and Mahavishnu? Is it right that Narada Muni chants Lord Narayan's name instead of Krishna or Vishnu? And if so, why he prefers chanting Narayan's name? That's his taste. He's a He's attracted to the opulence of Vaikuntha, and therefore he likes that. On the ultimate end, that they're all the same. They simply have uh, um, various moods, just like your mood when you go to the office. Well, nowadays nobody goes to the office, but when you're working, 
he wear a suit and tie and you carry a briefcase or maybe that's outdated i don't know maybe nobody dresses up anymore but people are more formal when they go to the office and uh, then when you come home and then you're more casual so narayan is krishna at work and krishna gopal krishna is krishna at home when he's with his most intimate devotees they're all the same no difference Hare krishna dameshwara mahaprabhu Hare krishna Nice. I have a question, Gurudev. Please. Um, in that pastime of Narada Muni, he saw the Lord and the Lord disappeared. He had this great desire to see him again. So he did the same activities as before, but he wasn't able to see the Lord. So it is explained that there's not a mechanical process. And same time we'll hear Shastra about do break it up a little bit and it kind of sounds like more to build up credits to, to buy something so I'm I'm kind of confused by that uh, kind of calculative or numerative consideration could you please explain to me about that okay you broke up a little bit in the middle there so i'm okay. going to reiterate your question you were mentioning narda muni who received some unbelievable prasad from the lord from simply doing the process chanting the mantra that he had chanted and learned from his um from from his gurus and um then he tried the second time after he had lost that vision, that spurti. And then uh, an unembodied voice spoke to him. The Lord said to him, you know, you're a kuyogi. <laughs> you're not perfect yet. Therefore, um, you have to go on practicing devotional service. And if I understood correctly, your question was about the seeming, um, well, there's a juxta, there's this idea that, um, we can't mechanically come to the point of of uh, understanding Krishna, but at the same time, you know, we advocate for rules and regulations. Was that correct? Uh, it, it cut out, but uh, I lost you at mechanically after okay. Kuyoginam. I see. Yeah, I'll just try to answer that because I think I have the, the gist of it. Okay. And so in the beginning, because, um, well, let's just say, Anyabilashita shunyam jnana karma anyanavritam anukuyena krishnanu shilanam. There's a way in which uh, Rupa Goswami defines devotional service as shil, which means it's a cultivation. And in the beginning, when my senses, as Prahlad Maharaj says, uh, he said, my senses are, are all chasing after worldly things. So what am I to do? Uh, therefore, uh, the recommendation is that one has to engage in regulated devotional service, which is uh, the beginning process. Prabhupada gives this example. He says, when you're learning the type, 
you have to follow the typing book. And once you follow it carefully, and then your fingers start to get used to where to go, they go there automatically. He gives that as the difference between Vaidhi Bhakti and, and Rag Bhakti, when it becomes spontaneous. So, although in the beginning, we're doing things by accounting and so forth, that seem to be a mechanical, um, the nature of the things that we're doing uh, are uh, there to invoke our uh, potential love for Krishna. For instance, um, when we worship Tulsi Devi, there's something so otherworldly and uh, directly transcendental by worshiping Tulsi that uh, you f one feels it naturally, even if you do it mechanically. For instance, in the Pancharatric system, you, uh, you have to offer the 16 articles and you have to offer Tulsi. So that means you got to grow a Tulsi plant. <laughs> and it means in the morning you got to go out and you have to pick Tulsi Devi and bring her in and do all these things. In fact, Krishna himself says in the Shastra, if you, if, for those who strictly follow the Pancharatric system, I reveal myself. And he, he also tells devotees, don't, don't take it lightly. Follow the rules and regulations of the Pancharatric. Those are rules but they're keeping us in close contact with those udipana that uh, awaken our love for Krishna. So our whole process of, of Vaidhi Bhakti that uh, we do in ISKCON is actually keeping us close to those stimuli that will awaken the natural uh, spontaneous love that we have. So it's not that after uh, Narada then lost that vision that he then uh, you know, didn't practice devotional service because why should I follow any mechanical thing because I couldn't see him. <laughs> but it just meant that he, he wasn't perfect yet. He said he was a cool yogi, a bad yogi, because he was attached to the mode of goodness and he hadn't become fully attached um, to Krishna. So anyway, the, the, um, the connection was a little bit broken there, but um, Hopefully, uh, we got somewhere in the ballpark with the answer. <laughs> Thank you, Gurudev. When, it, when it's said in Kartik, you get 10,000 times the benefit. What, is, what does that mean? It means Krishna is very merciful. And um, he, uh, I mean, the Shastra also, you know, encourages people to take to various processes of devotional service. Various, there's various ways in which uh, we get encouraged by the Shastra, do this and do that. Of course, uh, Rupa Goswami says, you know, sometimes these things are meant just, you know, to try to uh, get us going. He said, but in the case of the Holy Name, there's never any exaggeration <laughs> as far as these things go. Thank you. Thank you Hare very Krishna. much. Thank you. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Back to Alex. Krishna, Alex. Good to see you. So um, I have kind of a technical question. There's a paragraph from Srila Prabhupada's purports, the second paragraph of the 71st text of the fourth chapter of Adi Lila. In the second sentence there, he says, the Sandini portion of Sri Krishna's internal potency has manifested the all-attractive form of Sri Krishna and the same internal potency in the Ladini feature has presented Srimati Radharani. So I'm curious as to 
So the Sandini potency is one of Krishna's energies. And so how could the energy manifest the energetic? Like it sounds here like Prabhupada is saying that that the Sandini portion manifested the form of Krishna. And so it's I know it's like an eternal thing and so it's hard to put into perspective, but it sounds like it's almost saying that the Sandini potency predates the form itself and that it manifested the form. So I'm curious. Right. Well, really, it's, it, it uh, obviously is, is the uh, case that the, um, the Supreme Lord is the Adi Purusha and from him all energies manifest. So it's just semantics in that case that um, his uh, shaktis are, are um, manifesting the spiritual world and, and maintaining everything. And sometimes it seems as if they're doing it so seamlessly that they're independent or autonomous, but ultimately they're all coming from him. Then we have from uh, Sapana Sakota. I have a question. If one does prescribe duty, then one never have to take birth again. And then why Jai and Vijay were sent here in this miserable world as they had done their duty by stopping the four Kumaras? Well, one thing is the Lord set them up because in a sense, he wanted to perform his uh, Vira Lila. He wanted to uh, fight and he only fights with his devotees. So he engaged Jai and Vijay in fighting with him when he came as Hiranyaka, Hiranyakashipu, Ravana, Kumbhakarna, and Shishupal and Dantavakra, and these uh, three births. And um, they are uh, engaged in a pastime with the Lord and prescribed duty. Uh, I don't know, Krishna says, do your prescribed duty, you never have to take birth again. He says, if you understand me in truth, you never have to take birth again. Doing one's prescribed duty um, and offering it to Krishna is a very preliminary stage. So one would need to advance a little more than that to go back to Godhead. Okay, other questions from Zoom? I have a question, Maharaj. Yes. I was just thinking that uh, for, um, you know, when we, when we read about in Chaitanya Chaitamrita in two different places, it said that Nityananda Prabhu was expansion of Balaram. And then it said that he's an expansion of Sankarshan. So um, I was wondering that from Krishna comes a Balaram and from Balaram comes um, Vishnu and from Vishnu comes the Chaturvyuha and Sankarshan is part of the Chaturvyuha. So my understanding is Nityananda Prabhu is directly from Balaram. So in some places in Chaitanya Chaitamrita, it says from Sankar, he's, he's also Sankarshan. Is that an equivalent name used for Balaram or is that the part of the Chaturvyuha Sankarshan? I thought you asked that, this is, this is a deja vu. I thought you asked that question the other night. Somebody asked it, wasn't you? Yeah, it's, it's another name for Balaram. Uh, there's no difference between Balaram and Lord Nityananda and sometimes he's referred to as Sankarshana. Okay, so he's not from the Chaturvyuha Sankarshana. Right. And I have another other question, Maharaj. I was just thinking that, um, I will quickly check, I can't remember. Um, okay, maybe somebody else can ask. I'm trying to, I, I just forgot what my other question was. 
Oh yeah, there were the three deities um, that we read about. So it, does, it depends on the level of the devotee that you change depending on which deity you pray to because like Madan Mohan is for connection. After you connect with the, understand the attachment, then to go further, should you pray to another deity or can you continue to pray to Madan Mohan to get all the three or what's the purpose of the Well, three? as you saw there, the, the devotees in Vrindavan, when those three deities, there, they go see all three deities every day. And then now the seven uh, deities, you go to see all of them. You know, when you're in Vrindavan, you go around in the evening and you visit all those temples. So simultaneously, you're worshiping, worshiping them all. They're all they're all Radha Krishna, but they're in different moods. And so when, so as the um, as Prabhupada explained, there's Sambanda, Abhideya, and Prayojan, uh, three different levels of advancement. And uh, Madan Mohan are particularly they're in a mood. So this is wonderful because, you know, Krishna has unlimited varieties. And he uh, extends himself to us. That's what this chapter is about, the way he's extending them, himself to us in love, you know, for us to develop our love for him. So there's a particular way in which he manifests for those who are so fallen and um, they have no other hope and they can start to develop their relationship with Madan Mohan by becoming attracted. And he's like uh, more attractive than Cupid. He defeats, defeats even Cupid. And from there, you know, there's a, as he said, functional way in which we start to perform devotional service. It's like after somebody's been in a coma and you wake them up and then they start getting functional again. <laughs> it's like, wow, they're actually coming to life. And then the service awakens and Gopinath uh, is um, manifesting this, uh, you know, perfection, the Prayojan, where the devotee is fully in love with the Supreme Personality of Godhead and relishing all the different mellows. For us, we, we only have Radha Madan Mohan here. So, I mean, if we go to Vrindavan, yes, but I was just wondering for devotees who don't have these deities as... Um... Well, really, uh, you know, deities manifest according to our mood of worship. So Radha and Krishna deities that we're worshiping, we're worshiping not in the Rag Mark. We're doing Pantrat Trikviti, so this is in a in Vidhi Bhakti. And therefore, really the mood we're worshiping Radha and Krishna in is Lakshmi Narayan. That's our mood in worshiping Radha Krishna. I mean, Ragmarg, there are no rules and regulations you gotta offer 16 articles or anything like that. It's it's the you know, as Prabhu was explaining earlier in the in the introduction, Mother Yashoda brings food and says, Now you eat. You eat or you're going to die. And I'm telling you for the last time, you know, you eat. In fact, even in Vrindavan, <laughs> Keshe Bardimars was telling me when he was building the um, Govardhan Ashram, he was there for several years. I was just, you know, it was a, it was a ruin there. And, you know, he'd, he got to know a lot of the, the people around there and he had to um, interact with lots of them, the locals around Govardhan Hill, because, um, you know, he needed help with different things and connections and so forth. So one of the families invited him over to, his house, over to their house and when they were making an offering, you know, they put like a, they put the, the boga on the plate and they put it in front of, you know, Christian and they're like, okay, eat. You know? <laughs> so um, 
if what however we approach Krishna, Yeyatamam Prapadyante Tamstataiva Bajamyaham, he'll he'll reciprocate with us. So it's not that if somebody comes to see Radhamadam Mohan here in ISV, who's a Parmahamsa, you know, who's already on the level of pure devotional service, they'll see and it'd be in the mood of Gopinath of worshiping in that way. And those who are, who are sincerely beginning and they see Krishna for the first time and get attracted, you know, because they're just coming out of the deep sleep of material life, they're experiencing the charm and beauty of Manan Mohan. It's the same Krishna. He's just different moods. Thank you so much, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. My goodness, did I chew up a lot of time? Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Shri Guru Maharaji. Oh, Devi Good to see you, Varshana. Speaking of Vrindavan, go ahead. <laughs> Guru Maharaji, uh, you just mentioned in that lecture that uh, uh, Narad Muni was uh, taking the remnants of the prasadam. But how did he know in that age one thing? And how did he know? Because uh, he, uh, I mean, he did not know the rules and regulations that he is supposed to take the remnants of the food of the saints who had come. So how did it come to his mind to take it? First of all, Narada Muni is described there. He describes himself in the, in the next chapter. He was a very precocious child. You know, he was well behaved. He describes that. And he also was immediately attracted to the sages from their hearing and chanting. And, you know, well behaved means these sages were standing there and, you know, he was a young boy, but he, he was extreme. He had a very, um, his acumen for devotional service was naturally there. And he, um, he acted in such a way that he attracted the favor of those sages. You know, he was serving them. And then once he asked for the remnants and so forth, so it was, uh, it was quite natural for him. And then as you see, after his mother dies, he's all alone, but he didn't, um, you know, become disturbed. He, he, he was absorbed already in that mood of uh, dependence on Krishna. So he went out and looked at all the holy uh, holy places he was just walking around and observing how god was god's energies were working and so forth so you'll notice there all the descriptions of him there he's very exalted young boy not an ordinary child okay Hare krishna Okay, uh, Bamshuli Prabhu said, in this situation of lockdown where we can't really move around freely and are being constantly bombarded by various theories about the illusory reality, about virus, vaccine, and other things, I am certainly feeling lame and ill-advised. I am grateful for receiving the only possible shelter in these circumstances, that of hearing about the Lord straight from the mouth of his devotees. One thing is about all these speculative theories and so forth going on during the COVID. They're always going on all the time in the material world. And here's, a, here's the advice that you know, comes from the Shastra, and that is if you don't like what you're being subjected to, then change the subject. It's up to us to channel whatever kind of sound vibration uh, that um, is most beneficial for us. 
and there there are um, efficient ways of filtering things out. So there may be lots of different opinions, and it doesn't mean you have to listen to them. And you can um, make sure that you're limiting to just what you need to know. There's a spirit in the Bhagavatam, it's just like, don't get too involved in things that you don't need to stay alive. And um, find the right, a good authority and just stick with him uh, or her and find out what you need to know. Uh, other questions? I have a question. I have two. Um, one question was about the parampara that Srila Prabhupada describes. He was explaining about how um, after Bhaktivinoda uh, Bhakti Thakur, he brings in um, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Goswami Maharaj's. Uh, um, uh, he, he brings in Gaurakishore Das Babaji. But if you look at the lineage, Gaurakishore Das Babaji is, has taken initiation from. Bhagavad Das Babaji, right? And then they both come back to Jagannath Das Babaji. So this is a god brother that he's bringing into the combination. This is a, this is a, a you know, a shiksha a line that you'll, that the list of devotees in the disciplic succession was given to us by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. They're representative of the mood of pure devotional service or the channel through which it's, it's come from the very beginning. And for the most part, it's a shiksha line that he's describing, not a diksha line. Because what, um, what keeps the, the diksha or the seed alive is the watering process. Both have to be there and both are there. But in some cases, we'll find that the shiksha guru is more important than the diksha guru. Because, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones getting more sustenance in the you know, case of uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, uh, Saraswati Thakur, his, uh, uh, yeah, excuse me, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, his uh, Diksha Guru and his um, Shiksha Guru, he doesn't met, mention there his uh, Diksha Guru because his Shiksha Guru was more important. Thank you, Maharaj. The other point was in his uh, CC um, introduction. He explains his statement that any deviation from that line will bewilder the reader's understanding. What, how am I deviating when I'm reading something that he has written himself? What is he trying to say there, Srila Prabhupada? No, he's just saying that you should stay in tune with, with the line of, of the teachings that are coming down through that line and be careful not to adulterate them or to stray off into other areas and just get confused. Uh, Srila Prabhupada was uh, constantly shepherding us towards uh, hearing from reliable sources, not wandering here and there and just hearing from everybody and so forth. Okay, Maharaj. Yes. Okay, there's time for one last question if there is one. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Oh, Hare Krishna, Dhanavari. Uh, uh, please accept my obeisances. Uh, thank you so much for the wonderful class as always. Um, you, when you mentioned, I have one question. When you mentioned that uh, Lord arranged, uh, that's how he came, he came down to play with his devotee like Raman and Kumbhakarna. So, um, and Hiranyakashipu and all that. So in uh, my question is, we, we shouldn't think about that they are bad or 
they are asura or we shouldn't we have negative thinking of Ravan and every you know all Kumkarna and Hirnakashipu. But you it was all arranged so we shouldn't like think that way. Well, it's not that we should uh, become big fans of Hiranyakashipu and follow in his footsteps. But even uh, Lord Nishingadev, when he, when he killed uh, Hiranyakashipu, uh, he afterwards sat on his throne. And the comment, uh, you know, Prabhupada brings this up. Why is it that he would sit on a throne of a demon? The Lord doesn't touch anything that's not completely pure. And the answer is, uh, that's because it was his devotee and he had great love for him. So beneath the, the veneer of the, of the Leela is the um, actual fact that the, these are devotees who are enacting this. But of course, at the same time, uh, you know, it's not that um, it, we can't take the lesson that's being taught. Hiranya Kashipu, you know, talking about somebody who's trying to enjoy the material world to the to the highest level and what futile attempt it is so both things have to be there okay thank you so much Hare krishna Hare krishna there was one more just in the text thank you thank you so much i was on i didn't even thank you for your answer yeah. None of enough. It's like Marari Gupta threw rice on the floor and told, eat, eat. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted that also. <laughs> That's right. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got a stomachache from that. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Hey, Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman.